Hello and welcome to Dimensions of Imagination, the anthology TV podcast. I'm Joey and with me is Jackie. Hello. And uh, as usual, we're talking about anthology TV on uh, this here podcast and uh, we're still in the classic Twilight Zone. We're doing four weeks, four episodes of the classic Twilight Zone before we move on to something else and we will come back to the Twilight Zone later, but uh, this is our last in the series of four. Uh, Jackie, what episode are we talking about today? We are talking about an episode called The Fugitive from season three. It is episode 25. The original air date was March 9th, 1962. Okay, so this is season three. So Twilight Zone's been going on for a little while. Um, this episode was written by Charles Beaumont, who is one of my favorite Twilight Zone writers. Um, he's written a lot of the episodes that I like a lot. And uh, it looks like it was directed by Richard L. Bear. Do you have any other uh, information on the director? I I didn't look it up. I okay, apologize. I don't know if that person has directed other ones or not. But um, And then, you want to go over the cast real yeah, quick? Yeah, so uh, we have uh, a main cast and then a, a couple of supporting actors. Um, we have a character by the name of Old Ben. And Old Ben is played by Jay Pat. O'Malley, who was an English singer and character actor, um, he appeared in many American films and television programs from the 1940s to 1982. Then we have um, another episode that includes a young girl, also blonde-haired, just yeah. like uh, one for the angels. And this girl is played; her name is Jenny, and she's played by Susan Gordon. And uh, Susan Gordon was a she was a pretty prominent American child actress. She was in films and um, many television program episodes. Um, and then we have her aunt, or her aunt, um, Mrs. Gann, played by none other than uh, Miss Jane, well, by Nancy Culp, who played Miss Jane Hathaway on the Beverly Hillbillies, who I think was the their neighbor. The um the high strong uh-huh. the uh, the uptight yeah. neighbor who is proper yeah so um she's probably the most notable person um then we have those are the three main characters I would say and then we have these two supporting characters and they are just simply called first man and second man one of them is played by Wesley Lau who was not very notable upon my research and the other was played by Paul Tripp who was actually a children's musician, a children's author, a songwriter. Um, He actually created uh, this uh, music, this song called Tubby the Tuba, which I think was actually set to a cartoon later. Like, I remember that. I recognize that. Um, But he also wrote wrote this book called Diary of a Leaf, which I I think I own and I think is part of my classroom. Um, it goes about the life cycle of like a leaf, I think. Wow. But I could totally man. be wrong by that. But uh, yeah, he's pretty notable in the realm of children's things. Um, and then there were th- two children who were noted on the um, credits and the doctor, but they were all played by people who didn't really do anything. So Okay, well, I'm sure their families loved them. Um, They're still around. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess we'll go over the recap. Again, this is this episode is called The Fugitive, 
and we right off the bat we we get right into the action um we're at a ball field and the kids are playing um playing baseball with with old ben mm-hmm. um who's this this elderly but kind of childlike old man um and we very quickly um find out that old ben has some magical powers of some sort he's able to do these sort of magic tricks as the kids call it um, when he he hits a he hits the the softball or the baseball like an incredible distance, mm-hmm. and then they don't have a, a baseball anymore. He didn't really think that through, and then they decide to play spaceman, and just they're playing make believe. And old Ben goes around a corner, and they say, you know, pretend to be the Martian, and he comes out, and he's this gruesome looking Martian, mm-hmm. creepy looking Martian. Um, yeah, well, actually, really cool. Um, makeup and, and costume there and and the kids are genuinely scared but they've seen this before I think because he's he's done these sort of tricks for them before um, and we get a little bit of like casual sexism from the boys in this part um, I don't think it was casual yeah it was just o- overt sex sexism I guess well of, and they literally tell the girl that she moves too slow, and she has a brace. That's notable. Jenny I, has a brace on her leg. I think we're meant to think that she had polio at some mm. point, and so she's yeah. lost the full use of her leg. I actually wrote as one of my notes that the kids are a bunch of assholes because they yeah. are like, Jenny moves too slow, and then uh, Ben says that Jenny can be the captain of the spaceship, and all the boys are like, a dame with a brace can't be a captain. A dame with a brace, um, yeah. And it's not that's not addressed at all. Like I thought, oh, this is gonna be a story of like girls can do stuff to you, and like nope, they just they're like nope, mm-hmm. you can't do that. And even though we're make, playing make believe, you can't you can't be that. She did have a pretty good insult at the beginning, though. Uh, I think she was trying to call a boy out for lying or cheating in the game and she ran up to him and she said you're never gonna get to heaven and i was like well then way to just call that kid out yeah that's pretty serious serious insult um so back to the recap we have after this game uh we don't really see these kids again Mm -hmm. in the episode um but it is established that old ben is liked by these kids which harkens back to uh one for the ages similar sort of story Mm -hmm. with an, an older man who the local community kids um appreciate and adore um so so ben goes home with jenny in his arms he goes back to his tenement building in roller skates yeah he has these magic roller skates that he can just whisk away at any time and he shows up to to take jenny back to her she lives in the same building as him so she carries he carries her up the stairs and her aunt is there waiting for them and her aunt is really mad that she's been out all day and she didn't know where she was and she's apparently it's been a problem that ben has been involved with her not following directions and not coming home when she's supposed to etc um and and she's off the bat portrayed as kind of this you know nasty shrewish Mm -hmm. kind of person um and she goes like right for Ben. She just like snaps at him. She's just like it's mm-hmm. almost uncomfortable. Like she's real, she's real aggressive towards him. Well, she's aggressive in general, uh, but yeah, then also towards is. him. Uh, and, she threatens to call the police if she sees him with her niece again. And then soon after the, you know, Ben goes to his room and and um, Jenny. Jenny is made to go to her room, and um, these men show up. And they're sort of like G-men from the FBI, it seems like. We're supposed to think they're they're like FBI agents mm-hmm. or something trying to track him down. 
and they come and talk to the aunt and she's like, Oh, I knew it. He's done something wrong. And they're just want to get some information. And then, um, Jenny warns Ben about this and he's like, well, I, I didn't think your aunt would actually call the police. And she's like, it's not the police, it's other people. And then Ben's like, we'll describe them. And she's like, it's a man that looks like a man and another man that looks like a man. And he's like, Oh, I knew it. They found me. <laughs> um, not very descriptive at all, but he knows he's looking for him. Um, and just to kind of summarize it, like, I guess, so Ben, I don't know. I'm kind of confused as to the timeline of like, mm-hmm. they wind up going back and forth to each other's rooms yeah. a couple times and Ben so, disguises himself. Jenny runs to Ben's <laughs> room to warn him. And then he hides. He he becomes a mouse, and Jenny takes him down to her room in the form of a mouse um, to hide hide him from these men. And then um, he decides that he is going to leave, and he has to leave Jenny, and she becomes distraught. And he decides that before he is going to leave, that he will heal her leg. And the reason that he hasn't healed her leg in the past is because it was so much magic or power that it would have told these two men exactly where he was. Yeah. Because it was so powerful. And so he heals her leg, and in uh, in comes the ant. And um, out goes Ben as a fly out the window. Yeah, they they don't they don't see that he's been there. Um, and, and Jenny is again distraught because he's now left. She thinks forever. Forever, yeah. And she runs out of the apartment on her brand new fixed leg. And um, long story short, the the two men are there, and they use their little magical contraption and they, like zap her with it and like cause her make to become. Her- Another mysterious illness, like, mm-hmm. you know, this time not being hit by a car and being sick afterwards. It's like she she's that with this thing. And they do this. It's kind of messed up because they do this because they know it's going to, like, attract Ben back, I guess. But so we still don't know who her. these people are at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has taken, like, a, a supernatural turn in a way, I guess, or like a, mm-hmm. you know. So as it turns out, as it's unfolded throughout the episode... Ben is indeed from another planet, and he is not a fugitive, as the title makes you believe, but he is actual um, royalty who is, like, absconded from his planet. Yeah, he's a, he's a runaway king. He doesn't want to be... Because he didn't like being king, so yeah, he left. Yeah, he's the king of the planet, he decides to leave, and these FBI guys are actually from his planet, so they're aliens as well. And, and they're trying him. to track him down because they, mm-hmm. they 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 say that he's such a great king. They want to bring him back, so they've been tasked with bringing him back. And then at the end, it's a bit of a twist, but um, they tell him that you know he has to come back with them, and, and Jenny wants to go, and and um, they were like, no, she can't go. And he Ben says, well, I would like just one minute alone with Jenny to say goodbye, and. The two men re-enter the room a moment later, and there are two Jennies. Yeah, because the, the king has copied her form, as he can do, and so they have to take both of them back to their planet. Mm-hmm. And then our our postscript from, from Serling says that um, they basically, <laughs> she, she grew up on the other planet and... Became a queen. Became the queen by I presumably marrying old Ben. But then it's revealed that old Ben was actually like a man in his 20s when he was on Earth, but he's just disguised yeah. as a old man. So do you think man. that she married Ben, or do you think that he groomed her as his heir? 
I guess that's a less creepy way to think about it. I, yeah. That's so. To be clear, it is made shown that like Jenny becomes the queen of this planet. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the easiest explanation is, oh, she marries old Ben, but it's kind of creepy because she's a child when he meets her. And even though he's not an old man, he's actually disguising himself as an old man. He's his alien form is, which is surprisingly human is this handsome, like 25 year old mm-hmm. guy. Um, but yeah. And Jenny is up. I would say maybe 12 at the oldest, probably 10, maybe yeah. 10, 11, something like that. Yeah. She's very young. Um, yeah, I guess the other explanation would be that maybe he just like made her his heir. But I think mm-hmm. that didn't they say that they got married? I don't. They did not say that, that they got married. But interestingly, okay, I guess that leaves so, the door open to it not being quite as bad. well. The Twilight Zone companion book um, no, like described this episode as a Cinderella story, which if you equate it to that, then yes, she would have married Ben to right. become the queen. But the age difference is too much to be. It's it's so I I forgot I had forgotten about this episode or I had not ever watched it. Mm-hmm. I, well, I'm familiar with it because I know the image of Ben as the alien as the the Martian because that's like a pretty famous mm-hmm. clip from the Twilight Zone. But I did not remember that how it ended when we watched it, so it was a surprise to me. But even like towards the end of the show, I was like the episode. I was like, man, this is like kind of not okay that this old man is like hanging out in her bedroom with her all Mm -hmm. the time and like there's nothing bad going on we don't we're not made to think that he's like a sinister person or something but it's like inappropriate for this grown adult Mm -hmm. man that's not her family and not even a family friend or anything to be like going against her aunt's wishes and hanging out with her in her bedroom and in his Mm -hmm. bedroom and all this stuff which is also i mean we we obviously are only seeing one glimpse of this narrative between uh jenny and ben but maybe that's why the aunt doesn't want him around like what maybe she, <laughs> maybe has, she has some that he's like well as she should i mean yeah. as her caretaker and granted she's presented as like the the aunt is presented as kind of being abusive abusive it's it's indicated that maybe she's being neglected but there are moments where the aunt there were a lot of times where I was like, hey, the aunt's kind of right here. Yeah, like, I kind of said uh, at first, my first note about her was that she's clearly abusive. I said, and then as I watched on and on, I was like, but she actually might be onto something with banning Jenny from seeing Ben. Yeah, and, and there's a point where she thinks Jenny's gone and she's sad. She's like, oh no, like uh, she's mm-hmm. gone forever or whatever, which is ironic because eventually she is gone forever. There is a moment where like, the aunt we're supposed to like sympathize with her i think but then they don't let us sympathize enough mm-hmm. with her um yeah it, the the only like kind of like good things about the episode for me were that were the martian trick mm-hmm. the fact that he's just doing magic off the bat which the twilight zone has to like they can't waste time we can't spend a bunch of time revealing that this guy's magic i mm-hmm. love that it starts out these magic also it's a nice reveal that the guys aren't FBI agents looking for him. They're actually from his home planet. That's kind of a nice twist, but that twist at the end is just creepy when you look at yeah. it. Through. Well, I thought that the like the twist to take Jenny with them was was good. I thought I didn't see that being the twist. Um, I thought maybe yeah, but they, the- he would like turn them both into something and take them away. But I'm I'm not saying that the twist isn't creepy. I'm just saying like the particular way that they went about 
yeah being creative to get b- them both back to the planet was was but she's good. also like a an 11 year old girl does she have the agency to make a decision to go live on another planet i mean essentially they're kind of kidnapping her yeah and like can you imagine what the aunt's going through like i guess that's her punishment is that she has to feel awful right. about but is the aunt going to get charged with like murder or something like it's well, there's a lot of the, that, it's supposed to be this like that. it's supposed to be this nice sweet story this uh, this is another episode that i would describe as trying to be sentimental um you know it's about yeah. childhood and, and adults relating to children and this and that and um, being accepted for who you are and um but it's it's just like it's tried to be, tries to be all wrapped up nicely and then when you think about it i guess if you're just when this was out i guess people probably just disassociated with media mm-hmm. like this and didn't read into it like that but it just seems in problematic and inappropriate in a way mm-hmm. um and it just made me feel icky at the end you know and yeah well he um, writes a poem she kisses him on the cheek at one point and he writes this like or spouts off this little poem for her and it's just kind of weird to think about that even though he is hiding himself as an old man his mentality is clearly that of this 20 something yeah and he's now. writing these kind of like very romantic poems about her to her like this poem is kind of like almost romantic mm-hmm. in a way and it's i don't know maybe we're reading into this too much and maybe we're just ruining the fun or whatever but it just seemed and then um as he's carrying her up the stairs and she said something about him going away or that if he let her walk up the stairs that she'd go get herself a young boyfriend yeah yeah it's it's a little weird. Which all those things are things that like you see adults right or wrong make those kind of jokes. Elderly people making jokes in movies and mm-hmm. TV shows about that, which is not, I don't think, right either. But it's like none of it is meant to be sinister, but all added together, it's like, oh, this is this is kind of creepy and kind of mm-hmm. over the top a little bit. And did nobody see this? I wouldn't even think that for the time it would be totally okay if you thought about it this deeply. It, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, this is an episode that's in 62, so it's yeah, old, mm. an, an older episode. I yeah. don't know. It's I'm still in sure like an the... era of like, you know, we're still, we're still riding the wave of the 50s at this mm-hmm. point, you know. Um, things are not that progressive at this point, and um, I don't know. Um yeah, it was just a weird episode. It was also just not very well done. Like I said, I love Charles Beaumont, and most of Charles Beaumont's scripts I really like, but this one just mm-hmm. did not seem written well. Um, yeah. And I thought the acting, everybody in it was great. The acting mm-hmm. was great from everybody, um, but it just like they didn't have much to work with, and then mm-hmm. this whole thing, and it just wasn't interesting. I wasn't like super excited by the reveal or anything. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of the episodes where you're like shocked or you're like very happy Mm -hmm. like um like to compare it's it's interesting to compare it to one for the angels because at the end of one for the angels we're like sad that book bookman mr bookman's is died but Mm -hmm. we're happy that the little girl has been saved by his actions you know yeah and this one doesn't give you that feel good at the end like that well i think it's supposed to i think you're supposed to be happy that jenny escaped this abusive aunt i think we're looking at it from uh, a perspective from now, but I think back then the point was that this child's getting away from the abusive aunt. Right. But there is this horrific other story of this child being abducted by aliens and forced to marry them or something. But I also think that that wasn't even considered at the time. It's just what we're 
putting on. I, it now. I think the other problem is they do make the they they like look at this crusty old aunt. We hate her, and then they give this glimmer of humanity to her. Which why did you give her that glimmer of humanity? Like we're right. They should have just made her nasty through the whole thing. Yeah, and I shouldn't be going. Well, she got a point. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just it just wasn't a great episode. And and once again, it's it's almost impossible not to compare it to one for the angels because yeah. it's very similar. But Mr. Bookman never felt inappropriate no. with the children to Mm-mm. me, you know, like. No, they, he was it, a friendly old man who right. liked the children. Ben was a little strange. Even that story would have probably been written differently now just to be more sensitive to like strangers being around children mm-hmm. or people that are not related to them being around children. But it didn't feel bad at any point. And, and this one just kind of felt blah to me. But um, did you have any other th- notes um, or anything? Well, I would like to talk about my absolute favorite part of this episode. Okay. There's a spiral at the beginning of the credits of on this season. It starts zoomed in on the spiral oh, and yeah. it goes around and uh-huh. around and around. And that is my absolute favorite intro. Intro. Yeah. Like I think it's I so cool. I love yeah, it. That's um Well, so. our, our logo of our podcast is inspired by that mm-hmm. spiral. So that's I that's do. a well known. I love and, the yeah. spiral. Um and then uh so yeah, my favorite part was the, <laughs> yeah. the spiral that's in all of episode three. Um I didn't like how I just felt like we were disjointed in the fact that like first we're at the park and and then we're in Jenny's apartment and we're in Ben's apartment and we're in Jenny's apartment and we're trying to run down the stairs like it was just too trying to fit too many sceneries in yeah, this it, one episode where it's usually we go to make one maybe two places yeah there even when I was doing the recap I was getting confused because it's like oh well were they in Ben's apartment but then they immediately go to her apartment and it's like why did they why didn't they just like simplify the writing there and be like we're in mm-hmm. one place this is where this is happening I'm gonna be the fly fly away from my room instead of your room yeah like I don't know it, it's uh, um it was interesting I you know I I had some qualms about this episode and then I looked up in the in the the Twilight Zone companion, it didn't really wasn't critical of it. No, there was but then, really literally like two lines that was like, "This is a Cinderella story." But that book was also written in 1982, and yeah. I don't know how critically he was looking at it through right. that lens. But I did read an AV Club article. AV Club has reviewed a lot of the Twilight Zone episodes. Mm-hmm. The I think they might have done the whole series, and they were pretty pretty uh, brutal towards this one. They were like, "This is not okay. This is kind of yeah. messed up." And um. Like I said, I don't think any of it was intentional. I just think it just doesn't work. It's just a dud, mm-hmm. you know? And this is the first one out of these four. That we've found that, problematic. That, that's that, that There's been problematic things about it, but this one is overall problematic. And it's also the first one that's just kind of flat. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's no pep to it. There's no energy to it. It's just mm-hmm. a dud. And um, I can't remember being kind of this down on any of the episodes that I can remember. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are other ones that are this, you know. Yeah lower quality but so i actually picked this one because it was like on a you know i love lists yeah i love a list and it was on some list somewhere on the internet of like some of the best episodes to watch of the twilight zone right i'm like i would not put this on i don't know they i don't know if they actually watched it or not Um, yeah yeah um anyway any other things notes trivia anything oh so i have uh, just a few trivia things from this episode um, when you go into Jenny's bedroom, there are pictures of baseball players on the wall. Uh-huh. And um, the lower portrait is of a right-handed White Sox pitcher, pit, pitcher 
named Monty Stratton. And apparently, Stratton accidentally shot himself while he was hunting and lost his leg as um, a result. And so he actually went on to, again, pitch in the major leagues despite his artificial leg. And so they were saying that maybe he was an obvious inspiration for Jenny, who Ah. also has like a... That's attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah. So she um, would she would like him because he also has a problem mm-hmm. with his leg. Yeah. yeah. And um, just like a goof <clears throat> at the end when the two Jennies are in the room and they walk out, um, you know, when we see them face to face, they're identical because they obviously shot two different screens and then or they're them using together. some kind of like mirror, mirror thing. Yeah. Um, but when they walk out of the room, the girls are visibly taller one is visibly taller than the other and has darker hair oh, so yeah. whatever they used in the previous scene to do the faces they obviously didn't do that on the way out and they just had two girls that looked similar from the back but some people watching yeah, yeah some people watching clearly didn't think that they were similar enough um gotcha yeah so not that much trivia on this one sadly um and an overall problematic episode so (laughs) that being said uh what would you rate this on our scale of one to ten i'm gonna give it a two like i'm going hard on it (laughs) because i mean and and i'm only giving it a two because the um because the acting is very good it's not even well shot it's not Mm -hmm. even like impressive it doesn't feel like my favorite twilight zone episodes feel like little movies and this one doesn't feel like that. It just feels like a disjointed mess, and there's not any real creative camera angles or anything. And you're dealing with this magical dude. Like you would think they would do some like kind of camera tricks more so. No, they so, just basically panned away from him and then panned back to him, and he was something different. Yeah, um, they didn't even use like the effects they had at the time to do, and mm-hmm. it just seemed lazy. Uh, so I'm giving it a two. It's this about as slow as you can get. So. Yeah, I I'm gonna go there too and say I will also give it a two. I don't well, normally agree. agree with you, but um, yeah, I think that's the first time we've agreed. Yeah, I yeah, it definitely wasn't a memorable one for me. It was memorable in that it was problematic and it was a little bit shocking to see an episode that was so kind of not okay. Um, you obviously have watched more Twilight Zone than I have, but of the four we've watched, I would say this one is the most like, oh, that's that's not okay. Um, I can't remember another one making me go, oh, yeah. uh, that really they did that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We maybe we'll be surprised, but um, yeah. So I guess we're ready to wrap that up, right? Yeah. That's that's so our. This um, closes our uh, our original Twilight Zone round one. And we're gonna come back to it. It'll probably be fairly fairly regularly mm-hmm. but it's gonna be at least a month probably two months in between us coming back to it i would say yeah and um so joey would you like to tell our audience what the next anthology series will be so i'm really excited that we're watching um amazing stories next and right. this is a great one to follow up the original twilight zone with because basically amazing stories is steven spielberg's version of the twilight zone not mm-hmm. directly from the stories but steven spielberg was notably a huge twilight zone fan he even directed one of those uh sections of the twilight zone the movie and he wanted to do like his 80s spin on the twilight zone um and and have probably i think overall it has some more modern themes and, te- and it's, some of them are about technology and there's some that are kind of black mirror-ish mm-hmm. episodes uh, but anyway, it was, I think it only lasted two seasons, but mm-hmm. it's underrated, I think, and there's some great actors in it. 
um, Mark Hamill's in some episodes. Oh, wow. And, 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 uh, in an episode, um, Martin Scorsese directs an episode, I think. Wow. Um, and I can remember really liking it. So we're going to, we're going to do that for four episodes and we're kicking it off with my favorite episode of amazing stories of all time, which is called Thanksgiving. Um, which do we get the number for that? Give me a moment. I, I will put it in the show notes if she cannot find it, but yeah, Thanksgiving is the episode, um, starring David Carradine and Kira Sedgwick. And, uh, it is from season two of amazing stories. Um, and it amazing stories is kind of hard to find season two episode nine um of amazing stories season two episode nine thanksgiving is the episode we're watching next so if you would like to purchase it i think it is available to purchase via amazon streaming and on apple i believe too and on apple the episodes are like dollar 99 or something right it is not on Apple streaming because they don't have season two on apple they do have season one of amazing stories on apple tv um but Amazon is available for purchase. Um, and then if you uh, want to do like we did, you can maybe look it up on something, something else. else that <laughs> we can't endorse that, but you might be able to find it somewhere else. Um, it's, you can rent the episode on Amazon and uh, season one is on the NBC app, right? No, season it, one is on the Apple TV app, but I think season one is on NBC as well. Well, clearly we don't know where yeah. this, it is, it is, season one from. is on NBC. It's not on the Peacock app, which is the new thing they have, but it is on NBC.com. So if you have a cable login for that, I think you can get it on there. So, okay. Yeah. Well, you all find out how you want to best watch Amazing Stories and join us yeah. next next time for Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, it felt like that was a good one for the, it's the holiday season now. So the Thanksgiving episode was a good mm-hmm. one to choose. And uh, yeah, we'll do be doing four of these episodes of Amazing Stories, and then we'll we'll go to something else. So thank you for listening, uh, Jackie. You have anything else? Um, as always, send us anything you want to share with us. We would love to get emails to my very empty Gmail box. It's, what is um, the address? Dimensions of Imagination at Gmail dot com. Okay. All one word, nice and long. Yep. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. We're out. Bye.